0: Hello, and welcome to the Curious Clubhouse podcast. This is episode one, Curious About Harry Potter. Now, what is Harry Potter? I feel like at this point, most people probably know who and what Harry Potter is. It is, after all, an immensely successful book franchise, which has spanned a number of movies. However, there may be a few people out there who have never read the books or watched the movies, uh, so I'm going to do a small deep dive into who and what Harry Potter is, give you a little bit of background on the origins of Harry Potter, as well as discuss some of the differences between its movie and book counterpart, and then we'll talk about some various other properties that are related to Harry Potter and included in the general universe. And last but not least, we'll discuss some fun and unusual facts about Harry Potter. The first up, what is Harry Potter? Well, Harry Potter is a series of seven fantasy novels written by British author J.K. Rowling. The novels chronicle the lives of a young wizard, Harry Potter, and his friends Hermione Granger and Ron Weasley, all of whom are students at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. There are seven novels, slash eight, that make up the entire series. The first book was published in June 6, 1997 titled Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone in the United Kingdom and then retitled Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone in America. Since the release of the first novel, the series has found immense success selling in excess of 500 million copies worldwide, making them the best selling book series in history. The series as a whole has been translated into more than 80 languages, that is uh, so many languages uh, such a broad reach throughout the world for a series of this magnitude the last four books consecutively set records as the fastest selling books in history with the final installment selling roughly 2.7 million copies in the united kingdom and 8.3 million copies in the united states within the first 24 hours of its release think about that that is some massive numbers for 24 hours of release but the books are immensely popular and they are really good, so I am not at all surprised. The original seven books were then adapted into an eight-part film series of the same name by Warner Brothers Pictures in 2016. The total value of the Harry Potter franchise was estimated at $25 billion, making it one of the highest-grossing media franchises of all time. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which is the eighth book in the franchise, has been adapted into a two-act stage play. Now, in New York, it was condensed into a one-part stage play in order for them to show the play more, and this was done due to the COVID-19 pandemic. However, in London, it still does remain in its two-act counterpart coming in at about five and a half hours of runtime. I believe the runtime for the New York City show is around three and a half hours. So that's just kind of a brief overview of what Harry Potter is. Now let's go and talk a little bit about who Harry Potter is. Now Harry Potter, he starts out as your typical average boy with a unique defining trait, that being the scar on his forehead, which just so happens to be shaped like a bolt of lightning. The lives he, or excuse me, He lives with his aunt and uncle and cousin, the Dursleys, that being his uncle Vernon, his aunt Petunia, and his cousin Dudley Dursley. They live at number four Privet Drive. And on his 11th birthday, Harry discovers that his mom and dad are for a witch and a wizard and that he himself is a wizard and has been invited to attend Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Now that school is the famous school. School, of course, where all witches and wizards go to help hone and gain control of their magical abilities for use in later life as they get older. On his way to Hogwarts, he meets who will ultimately become his two best friends, Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger. The three of them, over the next seven years, will do everything it takes to thwart an evil, dark wizard, he who must not be named, aka Lord Voldemort, who is bent on ruling the entirety of the Wizarding World. Now, at its core, Harry Potter is, of course, your classic story of good versus evil. A lot of book series, a lot of movies illustrate this concept, but Harry Potter is by far one of the best franchises ever made to to do the whole good versus evil thing. And I think it is just an incredible franchise. So if you haven't read it, definitely get in there and, and get some of it read because i can assure you that you will highly enjoy it i have actually never met anyone who i've recommended the series to, to date that did not enjoy it but i digress so now that we've talked about what and who harry potter is let's dive into a little bit of the inspiration behind harry potter how did jk rowling come up with this incredible expansive universe well It was 1990, and J.K. Rowling was stuck on the train from Manchester to London. The train was delayed, and it was looking less and less likely like she was going to reach London on time. Her mind started to wonder as she waited, and there, as she later told the New York Times, it was the most incredible feeling. Out of nowhere, it just kind of fell from above. Suddenly, the ideas for the characters inhabiting a magical world began filling her brain starting with Harry Potter. She could just see very clearly this scrawny little boy, and it was the most physical rush of excitement she's never felt. Anything as exciting or anything to do with writing. So that's just kind of how it came to her, which I found was very uh, unique and very inspiring. Uh, she's uh, Rowling continued, by the end of the train journey, she knew that it was going to be a seven-book series. Now, she herself has stated that she believes that that is extraordinarily arrogant for somebody who had never been published before to just make the bold claim that she was automatically the series was going to be seven books which i agree but i mean it worked out in her favor as we can all clearly see there are seven books in the series jk rowling also stated that she got the name of Hogwarts from the Hogwarts plant which she had seen at Kew Gardens prior to starting the Harry Potter books. Now, prior to doing my research and starting this podcast, I actually did not know that. So I think that's really cool that the name of Hogwarts did indeed come from a plant. The idea for the names of all the characters in the Harry Potter universe come from various literature, mythology, history, astronomy, and countless international languages, which again, I think is very, very cool. For example, Minerva McGonagall. Minerva comes from the Roman goddess of warriors and wisdom, which is fitting for a woman who's dedicated her life to fighting Voldemort and educating generations of young witches and wizards. Now, McGonagall, on the other hand, comes from William McGonagall, who was apparently a truly awful 19th century poet. And again, prior to doing this episode and doing this research, that is another thing that I actually did not know. So I just, something that I found very fascinating was the idea for Minerva McGonagall, among other things. So now that we've kind of given a brief overview of some of the inspiration behind the ideas of Harry Potter, let's now turn our attention to some of the differences between the books and their movie counterparts. Uh, The first difference that I've noticed, and that is probably one of the biggest differences, at least for me, is the absence of Nearly Headless Nick's death day party in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Now, Nearly Headless Nick is, of course, referring to the Gryffindor house ghost. All the houses of Hogwarts, that being Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Slytherin, and Ravenclaw, they each have a house ghost that's attached to their house. And Nearly Headless Nick is the Gryffindor house ghost. Well, in the second book, he throws a death day party for himself and invites all his various ghosts, as well as Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Now, the difference between a death day and a birthday, obviously the death day is its exact opposite of the birthday. It is the day you died rather than the day that you were born. And the way that it was described in the book was just very vivid. Uh, I thought it was one of the better descriptive scenes described in a book. I really enjoyed it, and I was very much looking forward to seeing that portrayed on screen. However, it was absent from the movie, so I was kind of bummed out about that. However, the movie is actually bordering on being almost three hours long, which in and of itself I think is ironic because it is actually one of the shortest books in the series, but the longest movie in the entire franchise. So another difference is Peeves the Poltergeist is nowhere to be found in the movies, but he does show up periodically throughout all of the books, playing pranks on the students and generally causing lots of mayhem and trouble. Peeves is kind of the comic relief ghost of Hogwarts. You know, as I said, he loves to play those pranks and those tricks on the students. So again, he was something that I was very much looking forward to in the movies, but They left him out. Now, I did read somewhere that at one point he was put into the movies, but then later uh, removed for the sake of time. So the third difference between the books and the movies here is two of the challenges in Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone were missing. That being Snape's potion challenge and Professor Quirrell's second troll. Now, the challenges that I'm referring to specifically are towards the end of the first book, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. There are various tests and challenges that you have to pass, which have been placed there by each teacher in order to reach the Sorcerer's Stone. And there was a challenge in the book placed by Snape, which was the potion challenge and it was a series of potions one would allow you to pass through a set of flames to progress deeper into the chamber the other would allow you to pass through the flames of the door that you had just came in while the rest of the potions were poisons and would ultimately kill you and so they had to solve a riddle to determine which potion was rich which again was something that I thought was really cool I was really looking forward to seeing on screen but again was disappointed with the lack of it and it was the same with Professor Quirrell's troll challenge that was also absent from the movie so another difference we have here is the movies never really explained what a squib is in the books squibs are defined as being a non-magic person born to at least one magical parent now again something that I found very interesting because in the movies yes squibs are referenced a few times not a whole lot Uh, and if you've never read the books You would have no idea of knowing what a squib is so it's just something that i thought was interesting but it in no way detracts from the story in the movies or the value of them overall so not really a big deal so the difference number six here is the prisoner of azkaban which is the third book in the series and the third movie in the series does not reveal who the marauders of the marauders map are while in the book it is revealed that mooney is Professor Lupin, Wormtail is Peter Pettigrew, Padfoot is Sirius, and Prongs is James. Now the Marauder's Map of course is the map of Hogwarts given to Harry in the movie by Fred and George which allows Harry to see where everyone is at at all times in Hogwarts. It also shows him where some of the secret passages are located in the castle as well. Now one another difference is in the book Harry gets the map from Filch's office. He's told by Fred and George about the map, but that it was confiscated from them by Filch. So Harry is forced to break into his office and steal the map for himself. So that's another little difference there that they changed for the movie. Okay, The house elves, which are largely absent from the movies, uh, Winky in particular in the kitchen scene in Harry Potter and the of Fire, uh, as well as Winky at the Quidditch World Cup, and then of course spew uh, for starters now the harry potter and the goblet of fire again which is the fourth book in the series in that book there is a chapter devoted to the hogwarts kitchens and the house elves uh, which is where they work at hogwarts a lot of the house elves prepare the food and the meals they clean the common rooms well harry and hermione they go to the kitchens and they find out that winky works there and also Dobby who is a huge part of the series and later becomes a very important ally for her well Hermione does not agree with the fact that the house elves are forced to cook everybody's food and clean their dormitories and whatnot so she attempts to create an organization called SPEW which stands for the Society for the Promotion of Elfish Welfare and she creates this organization in an attempt to bring to light the cruelties that a lot of house elves suffer at the hands of their owner in the hopes of changing it however it is or not and doesn't really lead to anything unfortunately so the last and final difference here is the movies never explain where Fred and George got the money to start their joke shop now Fred and George they are the brothers of Ron Weasley and they do eventually start their own joke shop they open up a joke shop called Weasley's Wizard Wheezes in Diagon Alley Uh, You actually get a brief glimpse of that joke shop in the sixth movie, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Although, it does not explain in the movies where they got the capital to start that joke shop. Now, in the books, in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, again, which is book number four, Harry Potter wins the Triwizard Tournament. Now, a brief description of the Triwizard Tournament is a tournament that brings together three schools for a series of magical contests. The winner of that contest will receive uh, a thousand galleons prize money, the Triwizard Cup, and eternal glory, among other things. Well, Harry Potter, of course, wins the Triwizard Tournament (spoiler alert) and does get the thousand galleons prize money, but it is not without great cost, unfortunately. And as his parents did leave him a fortune, he doesn't need it, so he gives that money to Fred and George, and that is where they get the money to start their joke shop. So now that we've gone over some of the differences between the movies and the books let's switch gears here and kind of talk about a few of the different properties that are harry potter related or are a part of the harry potter universe thanks to this immensely successful franchise now the biggest property and by far my favorite is of course the harry potter theme park in universal studios orlando florida Uh, it is definitely by far the closest I think will ever come to actually being a part of that world in real life. It is a very faithful recreation of the town of Hog, the village of made and Hogwarts itself. There, you can actually go into Hogwarts Castle. It is in and of itself a very awesome roller coaster slash 3D slash virtual reality ride, which is absolutely amazing. And then you can go to Hogsmaid and actually go into some of the shops inspired and taken from the books. Uh, Those include Honeyduke's Sweet Shop, which is a really cool sweet candy shop that has all kinds of sugary sweets. And then, of course, there's Zonko's Joke Shop, which is kind of like the Weasley Twins' Weasley's Wizard Wheezes Joke Shop, but it's in Hogsmaid, among other things. So it's just a fantastic place. And if you haven't been, definitely recommend you go. Uh, There are some other things. In the Harry Potter world, obviously, that includes a number of video games that have been released for the PlayStation 1, the PlayStation 2, the PlayStation 3, PS4. And of course, there's a brand new Harry Potter game coming out next year in February called Hogwarts Legacy. It is being described and billed as a open world RPG, which are set in the events prior to the events of Harry Potter. Uh, but still i think it's going to be a great game Uh, definitely looking forward to playing it myself so to round out the episode here let's talk about some fun and unusual facts that i found out about harry potter and that first fact is that jk rowling and harry have the same birthday which falls on july 31st which i think is very cool but then i also had to wonder did she do that on purpose (laughs) but still Whether or not she did it on purpose is pretty cool. And then fact number two here, J.K. Rowling wrote down the names of the Hogwarts houses on an airplane vomit bag. And I guess, you know, it's pretty funny to think about, but when inspiration strikes, no matter where you're at, I guess you use the tools at your disposal. And in this case, the only thing she had was an airplane vomit bag. So she made it work. So fact number three here, Harry Potter shares his name with his great-grandfather, now, his grandfather's timeline also interacts with the Fantastic Beast era, and this is something else that I found really awesome. The Fantastic Beast, of course, is the prequel to the Harry Potter franchise, and it takes place roughly 70 years prior to the events of Harry Potter, and it follows the story of Newt Scamander as he attempts to capture and protect various magical creatures, all the while trying to thwart the evil dark deeds of the evil wizard, Grindelwald. So if you haven't watched those movies because or read that book, I highly recommend you read it, uh, especially if you're just looking for more content within that world, because they did make three movies based off of that book as well, and they are absolutely fantastic. Now, another fact here, fact number four, is Edinburgh Scotland provides a ton of inspiration for the series. Greyfriars Kirkyard, uh, which is where the real Tom Riddle is buried, along with George Harriet's school, whose turreted building actually inspired Hogwarts. Now, to kind of break this down here, Tom Riddle is from the second book in the series, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Now, that is, Tom Riddle is Voldemort's real name. That was his student name when he was a student at Hogwarts, and he actually uses a diary that was left to Ginny given to Ginny by Draco Malfoy's father Lucius and he uses that diary to basically infiltrate her mind and possess her as a way of trying to bring himself back to life which ultimately fails again spoiler alert but again I feel like at this point most everybody's probably read the book and then again the fact that the uh, Hogwarts was inspired by George Harriet's school i did not know that prior to doing my research so that's just another interesting fact that i really enjoyed and finally here the fifth and final fact and probably the best fact out of all of them in my personal opinion is stephen king the master horror himself was freaked out by dolores umbridge he said and i quote dolores umbridge is the greatest make-believe villain to come along since Hannibal lecter now that is a bold quote coming from mr quick king And if you don't know who Dolores Umbridge is, she is actually the defense against the dark arts teacher in the fifth book in the Harry Potter series, Harry Potter in the Order of the Phoenix. And her story and what ultimately happens to her is pretty funny. I found it to be very humorous, but I just thought that Stephen King, you know, quoting that she was the greatest make-believe villain was pretty awesome, you know, and she, she is an interesting character. But, you know, that's it. That is all I've got for you today. That is episode one of the Curious Clubhouse podcast. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. Uh, If you enjoyed it, please consider donating to the podcast in the episode link in the episode description. All donations will go towards making this podcast better, uh, better equipment, better sound, the whole nine yards. Now, there will be a new episode each week, every Friday. Next week, we will dive into Stephen King's The Shining, so look out for that and stay curious.